following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Hailing from the Pro Wrestling Tees headquarters in Chicago, Illinois, they are your hosts of the PWT cast, Scrub and Stank! Bang, bang, what is up, you guys? Welcome to episode 62 of the PWT cast. My name is Scrum. And this is Stank. This is the official podcast of Pro Wrestling Tees. We bring this podcast to you every Monday. Uh, let's give a shout out to some of the sponsors of the show. If it wasn't for them, the show wouldn't be uh, brought to you guys free. Uh, we have, of course, Freelance Wrestling that this Sunday, this Sunday, this Saturday, uh, October 10th at the Collective Show, we'll be putting on a show featuring uh, many past guests of ours, such as Effie, Ethan Page, Kylie Ray, Isaiah Velasquez. Um, if you use a promo code FREELANCE on IWTV, you get a free 20-day trial, I believe. So head on over there and use that promo code so you can watch the show for free. Uh, we've also got the wonderful people over at M3 Toys. They have some uh, Batman the tim burton movie neca figures up right now for pre-order and if you use a promo code pwtcast you get a whole ass 10 percent off uh, as well as any of the other things they've got over there we of course have the the home of the fanny devito fanny pack which if you're wondering yes that it is exactly what that sounds like a fanny pack with the likeness of one danny devito uh head over to the crypticcloset.com and use the promo code pwtcast to get 20 percent off that and anything else that they have over at their website and last but not least if you're looking for some cool ass comics to read uh you know now that we're all trapped inside head over to gorillapublishinggroup.com and they've got tons of fun books over there stank i mentioned uh october the 10th it's a very special day for for many reasons one freelance is coming back um but also it is going to be the first day of what we're calling like uh I don't know what exactly what we're calling it. Halloween movie marathon, I guess, that we're doing. Yeah, I mean, we've put the idea out to a lot of people and said, hey, for spooky season, what do you guys want us to do? And it seems like people wanted us to review some scary movies. Yeah, so, so uh, in no particular order yet, just because we haven't recorded them yet, but we'll be reviewing House of a Thousand Corpses with uh, Matt Nick, The Shining with Marty DeRosa, Hereditary with a former guest and also a friend of the show, Wes Allen, and then last but not least, this one I will for sure be coming out Halloween because uh, it takes place on Halloween, so it only makes sense. Uh, Idle Hands with uh, Cryptic Closet's own Vinny. But I'm excited to do these. Like I love halloween time it's it's very cliche for people to like oh i'm gonna watch 31 movies during halloween but it's actually been something that i've that i've started uh i say every year that i'm gonna start watching halloween movies but like i typically just fall off um so far though dave uh, i don't know about you have you have you and your family been watching halloween movies uh we just really haven't had a whole lot of time to be honest with you but um I am looking forward to these four movies we're talking about. Like I actually just recently saw house of a thousand corpses again with my stepson, but like idle hands, I haven't seen that in like 20 years. So like, it'll be fun to kind of revisit it. And uh, yeah. And also talk about it with our friends. How much better can you get than that? Exactly. Uh, Once we have more information, we'll, be sure to let you guys know. Actually, no, fuck it. Th- this Saturday will be the the episode with Matt Nix. We'll just we'll go ahead and throw that out there. Open it up with House of a Thousand Corpses. Uh, so go ahead and and start watching it. It's on Hulu. I believe it's also on Netflix. So if you don't own the DVD or and or Blu-ray like myself, head over to one of those two streaming services and watch. It's a real fun movie. Um, but like aside from those four movies that we're doing again, like I mentioned, I've been 
trying to do my best to, to watch a different Halloween movie every day or just horror movie in general. Uh, I started off with Your Next on, what was it, Friday? That was the, the 1st of October. Um, I believe that was the day. But I started with Your Next. Have you watched that at all, Dave? Next. Well, who's in it? Uh, nobody, like, famous. <laughs> Uh, it's nobody famous um i believe the girl from step it up three (laughs) is it the one with the bride in it so it's it's this girl goes to her family's house or her her boyfriend's family house they're celebrating her like parents uh wedding anniversary something along that those lines and uh there's home invaders that start like killing people in there and uh she starts helping like defend the family there's these people in these like sheep and wolf masks um very spooky very creepy and this girl's just kicking ass she like grew up on a survivalist compound in australia really good like if it, it came out in like 2011 but it was filmed a few years prior to that because uh like as you can tell in the movie they all have flip phones instead of like androids or or iphones but it's really good uh the next film that i saw was it was it's a Hulu original, which I was a little like wary. I'm like, oh, I have I've never heard of it. I don't know how good it is. It's called Little Monsters. It's not that Little Monsters that you guys are all thinking about. Like, is it just is it with the school teacher? Yes, I've heard. I have it. I have that, and I think I have your next, but I haven't watched either. So, but the trailer looked really good. So listen, if you yourself included, go watch Little Monsters. It is so fun. It is like the the main lead in it it takes place in australia so there's a lot of like australian people aside from um lupita i always have a problem pronouncing her last name so i'm gonna just call her lupita but uh you know she's yeah Yeah. she's from uh she's in black panther us she's in everything but uh she's a school teacher and uh there's this boy felix his uncle who's like I don't want to say a low life, but he's just kind of a loser. You know, he's, he's getting right. his life together. He just like broke up with his longtime girlfriend. He thinks he's like still a rock star because he was in a band years ago. Uh, they go on a field trip to the zoo and uh, what do you know? There's a U.S. Army base right next door who's uh, like performing some sort of zombie. They're trying to regenerate people to come back from the dead and it leads to like a zombie outbreak. And so it's basically this teacher and her students along with, you know, the uncle trying to survive. It is a horror comedy. It's so fun. It's like an hour and a half. Um, really good. I had no I had no idea what the fuck was going on going into it. Like, again, I had never seen a preview. I'd never seen a trailer. Nothing. Went into it and so good. It's on Netflix. If anyone out there thinks, like, this might be up my alley, watch it. There's also a lot of a Taylor Swift uh <laughs> them singing taylor swift in it which it's it's really good like again 10 out of 10 would recommend um well you you know you got me thinking about australian scary movies mm -hmm. and also on netflix have you seen the movie cargo no what what is that um i I totally blanked on this guy's name he's uh he's in lord of the rings he's also remember in black panther the guy that was talking to um, he was like the FBI agent that was talking. Uh, yeah, to, yes, yes. I can't remember his name. Um, go ahead, just talk about it. I'll, I'll look up he, his name because I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Anyways, he and his, there's a big zombie outbreak in like rural Australia, and so it's gotten to the point where they have. Uh, I'm not going to give the whole thing away. 
but there's extermination kits that you can like off yourself. Mm-hmm. You if you if you get infected, you've got like 48 hours to get your affairs in order, and then you're supposed to take this kit and kill yourself. Um, and it's just this thriller. Uh, I can't say too much about what happens, but it's on Netflix. Um, really, I really highly recommend it. It's if you're a father, it'll hit you really hard. Um, but yeah, it's a really great Australia. Australia is really doing well with these. Well, Australia Ooh. and uh, Korea, like yes, Korea's kicking ass too. Yeah, they're both kicking ass in films. Um, well, again, today as of right now that we're recording is the fourth, so I haven't watched the fourth movie yet. Yesterday, I I popped in VHS. Um, have you ever have you seen VHS? So VHS, it's yeah, it's it's a horror anthology. Uh, like the gimmick of the first movie is these dudes are break into this like old house uh, and are looking for a very specific VHS tape. Uh, and so they'll put in these like VHS tapes, and they're all again, it's an anthology, so it's all like short five minute films, you know, five to ten yeah. minute films some more fucked up than the other ones there's like the infamous succubus one at the beginning uh there's one with like aliens it's it's just very out there it's not everyone's cup of tea but i enjoyed it there's the second one vhs2 which is a lot better than the first one like i would almost i would almost suggest if you're if you're interested in anthology start out with vhs2 because they're, they're not really all connected like it's all the gimmick of like oh watching old vhs tapes but like the second one features zombies and this weird like Japanese, maybe Chinese like cult with like the the Antichrist. It's really fucked up. Uh, but listen, I might watch Cargo tonight because that actually sounds that actually sounds pretty fucking cool. Now that you mention it, really? yeah. um, you know, we're just gonna stay on the topic of movies. Uh, for for if this is your first time listening, and you're and you're thinking, man, these guys are doing a lot of movie talk for. Uh, <laughs> for a wrestling podcast it's it's what we do here at the pwt it's cast what we do. yeah we love talking pop culture and comics and movies um but and i think this falls into the category of all three uh for my birthday i, I purchased myself two very specific items uh it was like right in the midst of the pandemic and i had been working really hard because we were really short staffed at the, at the shop and i said hey fuck it i'm gonna buy myself these very two specific items one of them was a clerk's uh, hockey jersey that was only shipped out to people who had um, bought the VHS for uh, you, you know for their video stores, and it was like a, a clerk's hockey jersey that was autographed by almost all of the cast, which is really awesome. I, I need to, I still have that. I need to get it like framed nicely and put it up somewhere. Uh, but the second piece, and if you follow me on social media, you've already seen me talking about it because it's all I've been talking about for like the past week. My Brendan Fraser signed mummy playset finally came in. So big shout out to the folks over at Lilu Multi Props. Uh, those two cats have a very interesting story, and like I'm, I'm actually working pretty diligent on getting them on the podcast to talk about their story because uh, they're wrestling fans as well. Um, but Dave, really quick before we we head into this week's episode, I think there's a there's something that we had to touch on because this news just came completely out of left field and like to this till now has me scratching my head because it may lead to something even bigger and uh of course i'm talking about jamie fox returning as electro for spider-man 3 yes uh 
I know what some of you guys be maybe thinking. Jamie Foxx wasn't in the last movie. Or even that last one before that. Uh, correct. He was in those Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies. And mm-hmm. what this seemingly tells us is uh, Wanda Maximoff, a.k.a. Scarlet Witch, is really going to fuck up that multiverse because yeah. they're bringing in someone from, you know, from another Spider-Man universe. Like, Well, now, like... So clearly we don't know everything surrounding it. Like mm-hmm. they, they brought uh, J Jonah Jameson back. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's clearly a different, like the daily bugle in uh, Tom Holland's world is not the same daily bugle that was in, you know, Toby Maguire's world. Um, but he's back. So like, are they bringing back the same Electro or are they saying this is Electro, but because of whatever multiverse madness is happening, he's kind of different. I don't know. It, also, Jamie Foxx's portrayal as Electro was pretty polarizing, I think would be the best way to put it. A lot of people liked it. I think probably more people didn't like it. So, But the exciting thing is like Sony seems to be on board with, hey – it's good to integrate this. Let, let's let's give you as much of the Spider-Man stuff as we can. And, you know, a rising tide lifts all ships, right? Listen, I I personally hated those Andrew Garfield movies, which is yeah. like I I really like Mark Webb, the um the director. He he did 500 Days of Summer. I really liked that movie, so I was really excited. I like Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone, but just for whatever What's up? He, he played Spider-Man or Peter Parker way too cocky. Well, it's just like, yeah, like I think Tom Holland, first off, like Tobey Maguire and say what you will, but like watching Tom Holland now, you're like, oh yeah, this is a fuck. This is almost a 40 year old man pretending to be a, like a high schooler, which goes back. Yeah. That's how they used to do it all the time. You know, go back and watch Grease. <laughs> like it's yeah. very, it's very much 30 year old people pretending to be like high schoolers. Um, but like the Andrew Gar the the Andrew Garfield one, the, at least the, the Tobey Maguire Spider Man one through three, um, those have a, like a special place with me as far as like ah well those were kind of the Spider Man that I grew up on and like I mm-hmm. they're they're not good, you know the second one the second one better was the best one second yeah. one's the best one but like in hindsight like very over the top and cheesy, you know compared yeah. to, compared to what we get now which hey if that's what you're into if you're into that sort of campiness by all means sure. That, like that's fine. I'm not gonna discredit if that's your favorite, whatever. By all means, yeah. um, the Andrew Garfield ones just weren't good. Like, no, bad. and they they made they made odd choices. Like Emma Stone would be a perfect MJ, mm-hmm. as is, and then they didn't go with that. And then tonally, things were weird. You know, he he makes spoiler alert. By the way, guys, if you haven't <laughs> watched the Andrew Garfield ones, but like. He promises Captain Stacy, whose last wish was stay away from my daughter, and then he does. And he's like, ah, fuck it, I'll I'll stay with you. you know. It's just like everything was really weird about that whole Spider-Man reboot. Yeah, and I mean, like, listen to the point where Andrew Garfield didn't like them. Like, he lost. Yeah. He well, one there was a lot of backstage. There was a lot of like behind the scenes rumbling because Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield were dating at the time. And there was a certain rumor that somebody on the set stopped the inclusion of MJ being included in the movie. I, you know, does one have to do with the other? 
I don't know, but you know, take you know, take that as you will. But also, like Andrew was just talking shit like in interviews, and then just no showed some like Sony Japan event, and then that's when they just you know yeah. stopped it because at one point, uh, Oscorp Tower was supposed to be included in the Avengers. Like mm-hmm. that's how far back they were trying to you know do I mean, something. They, they even did a they even did a concept art for it and stuff. Like they were ready to put it in the movie. Mm-hmm. So so like it definitely is weird. Like I know Jamie Fox Jamie Fox made a post, uh, which is. I don't, this is the part I don't know if you're aware of yet but he, so he made a post he was like hey I definitely won't be blue this time for the movie so maybe we'll see him in more of a traditional costume like the, the green and yeah. yellow but he also started posting artwork for a potential uh, like Spider-Man multiverse movie uh, and started teasing things like that and then immediately deleted them so Ooh. and then and then Someone, the 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 sleuthy sleuths online, found a video uh, where it's uh, Tom Holland, uh, Zendaya, and then um, the chubby friend. I forget his name. Ned, the guy who plays Ned, Jacob. Yeah. Jacob something is his actual name. I'm, I'm sorry, Jacob. Um, I know he's a big fan of the show. Uh, so it's them three being interviewed, and the interviewer brings up the he's like the possibility of a live action like into the Spider-Verse type movie that would bring together Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and Tom Holland. Now, it's not anything that Tom Holland says that would, that seems off. It's what he doesn't say. It's his reaction. It's them two, like, the other two clearly, like, trying to change the subject, and you see the look on Tom Holland's face like, I can't, I like, he can't say or not say anything, you know? Like... If yeah. he says too much of one thing, it's gonna, and he's just like, <sighs> yeah. I mean, that would be great. So, are they gonna do an Into the Fucking Spider, like you know, something like that? Bring it back. To, I mean, I wouldn't be against, you know, give these guys a proper send off. Well, I I wonder if I mean, there. I guess there was talks about it in the in the Sony animated movie. Mm-hmm that they were going to do that, but then Sony was worried that people would be confused. Um, so it might happen in into the spider verse too. I wouldn't doubt if something like that happens too, but, um, I don't know. I, I like the idea of Sony just being on board and saying, and remember we almost lost Tom Holland, Spider-Man and we were all crushed. I mean, oh, Tom yeah. Holland himself was crushed. I believe it's like episode eight that you hear me fucking rant about how angry I was at it. And, and then, like, after we did it, then they were like, nah, we fixed it, it's fine. So, like, yeah, I mean, you know the Spider-Verse live action? There's there's not too many ways you can really fuck that up. Mm-hmm. I mean, fans will eat it up with a spoon. Yep. <laughs> but... I don't know. I mean, so it, it part of me wonders if this is just and listen. I'm sorry if you guys are listening to this expecting uh, to hear Effie. You'll hear plenty of Effie. I, I yeah. promise. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up with this. But it's just I wonder. Part of me wonders if this is this is Marvel's answer to them hearing about uh, you know this uh, mo- this Flash movie where they're like we're going to bring back all the Batman and mm-hmm. kind of Marvel and Sony going mm, we're going to fucking let them do this. Let's fuck. Let's. I mean, let's give them all our Spider Man. There's something like it always seems like companies are afraid to give fans what they desire the most. 
Mm-hmm. I, did you ever get that feeling with stuff that where they're like, ah, we can't do that. And then like, you know, I, I think I've mentioned it a few times on the, on the podcast and, you know, in conversations with you, like the difference between DC and, and Marvel used to be, you know, DC agonized for decades on like, how, how can we put wonder woman on the screen and make people like it? And then Marvel was like, Oh, a raccoon with gigantic guns sitting on top of a sentient tree shooting people. Yeah, let's do that movie. And like, it works like just throw caution to the wind, give people the ridiculous stuff that they like. Um, we saw it with, you know, the into the spider verse animated movie. Like people were talking about Spider-Man, like, you know, Miles Morales got the biggest boost out of it. And, you know, give people what they want. And DC's starting to catch wind of that. And they're like, yeah, Michael Keaton, Batman, which, by the way, is the best Batman. Yeah, let's let's throw him in the Flashpoint movie and people are losing their shit over it. So just give people what they want. Yeah, for for a while, DC there was like, oh, what do we do? And then did a hundred things. And everyone's like, no, we we don't want you to do that. We're telling you what we want. And they were like, oh, okay, so you want uh, this? And they're like, no, what? Go like, no, this is, you know, look, look at the Snyder cut forever. They were like, Hey, can, can you just, can you just let Zack Snyder finish his version? And they were like, Oh no, you don't really want that. What you want is, this is what you want instead. And they're like, yeah, no. Okay. You know, Aquaman's fine, but, um, we really want this. And they're like, no, no, no. What you really want is Shazam. And they're like, (sighs) Okay, that was fine, I guess, but like yeah. we really just want th- and finally they did it. So I don't yeah. know. I mean, it, it'll be again, it, it'll be interesting to see w- if anything comes of it. Hey, maybe maybe he is just coming back and he's playing a completely different um version of Electro and it's not any yeah. any multiverse thing, but part of part of me part of me does in fact think that uh yeah. Scarlet Witch is really gonna fuck up the uh, multiverse. Um, Which and and when we heard from a little birdie that told us they know what's going on in WandaVision, and it's got a big, big, big stake at you know how Marvel is going forward. Everything we're hearing now is shaping up to prove that true. You know, mm-hmm. so. But who knows? Uh, you know, enough comic book talk for now. Yeah. Uh, without any further ado, you guys, we had Effie on for the third time. Which, listen, I we I love Effie. Um, I would have him on every week if he could because he's just that awesome. Like we, he's not only like my favorite wrestler; he's just one of my favorite. I think I think it's fair to call him a friend. You know, he, yeah. he's a really he's a really good friend, and he's just someone that's very easy to have a conversation with. Like, yeah, it's crazy that we recorded for as long as we did. Like, I actually had to edit some stuff out just because it was it, it was like way over an hour, and I didn't want to, yeah. I don't want to have it so long. But no, it, it was very fun. We finally got last time we talked to him, the audio was a little wonky because um, he was on the road. But no, this time it was fine, and we talked. We went all over the place, really. With you know, we we mentioned the uh, big gay brunch big gay show that he's doing uh, at the collective weekend we mentioned some freelance stuff we there's some tenant spoilers in there we we talk some pokemon it really goes everywhere you know everywhere from like diversity and wrestling to Yu-Gi-Oh. uh really well, and, that's, and that's the thing about effie too is like whenever we talk to him he is like literally like a ray of sunshine and 
there's a lot of joy when we talk to him, but he's also, he gets very passionate about the things that he believes in and cares about. And, you know, he'll get a little mean, but in, in a righteous way, defending what he loves. And so these are like the best qualities of Effie to me. Yes. It's, he's, he's just the best of us, you know? Yeah. Uh, but Hey, without any further ado, let's go ahead and get into this week's episode, uh, with the one with, uh, the COVID cowboy himself. And you'll hear more about the COVID cowboy, uh, Effie. Stank. We've had so many guests on, you know, we've had about 61, something in the sixties. And the number one most requested person to come back is it's this gentleman. Um, I always say he's my favorite wrestler when people ask, Mm -hmm. I think this is my favorite person because if you follow the man on Twitter, it's just, it's the best. Yeah. Ton of fun content. Even if you don't follow wrestling, uh, he's this Twitch mega star. He recently was gracious enough to present us each with Effie awards. Uh, the man needs no introduction, but I'm giving him one anyway. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Effie. Effie, how are you doing? Dude, I am so good, and I'm so happy you brought up that both of you are Effie Award winners. Congratulations. Thank you. Oh, trust me. Like, have, it, have you received it yet? I have not yet. And no. Okay. Just trust the process. It's coming. <laughs> and I told you, like, I am going to film a whole, like, video for it. I was talking with Matt Nix about it, because um, even when, when I received, like, my employee of the year award i walked around just like so ostentatious about it like at our company party like my boss pulled me aside he's like you know everyone probably fucking hates you right now right (laughs) exactly i was like yeah i was like that's (laughs) there's like some scott hall quote where he's just like i'm here to make money not friends or something and i'm not that i love that and i'm not that person at all but like that day that was my persona i was just walking around look at me yeah Yeah. like everywhere just like oh we're all gonna sit down and eat dinner now just let me put the you mind move your arm over so i can set this down but when you like, what was the thought process behind the Effie? Because first off, like us working at Pro Wrestling Tees, we see all types of like merchandising idea come come in and out of the shop. Some more successful than others. But like when you posted that, I remember just thinking like, we both saw it at like the same time. We we're like, this is the most perfect thing. I I legitimately ever. remember running over to Stanks to Stanks area, and I was like, dude, I was like, Effie's fucking making statues. Yeah. I'm like, we gotta find one way or another to get one of these like what led you to to making making the effie so i like was seeing everybody get these little toys made and like you know pro wrestling teased at some high spot system all these little companies were doing these little like you know either mini figs or like funko pops kind of things and i was like god damn i want to get in on the money and everyone i would go to they're like oh you know we have a minimum order quantity and they would like kind of underestimate my overness which is chill like i prefer that and I was like, cool, all right, whatever. And then I started getting mad at the idea. I was like, these stupid little Funko dolls, <laughs> these stupid little child toys. I was like, well, I'll make my own toys, and they'll be classy. It was very Bender Futurama. <laughs> and my my problem is I'll typically learn an entire industry just to do something stupid as a joke because somebody will bet me I can't. Like, I learned the whole perfume industry and how to create my own perfumes to get a distribution deal on my own perfume. And now I'm trying to do that with toys. So I ended up getting this 3d model done sending out manufacturing rfgs handling all the different people i had to go through going directly through manufacturers and creating this statue of my head and me at the ups store picking up eight large cardboard boxes and the guy goes what's in this i go small statues of my head he was like all right man (laughs) 
Like this guy probably has an ego. You're like the one up here, buddy. Don't get it. But you know that I want it. I want it to be the crossover now, making it an award and sort of changing the narrative. I want people to like go into your house and be like, "Oh my god, what is that?" And you're like, "Oh, it's an Effie award." And like, you don't even have to tell them I'm an indie wrestler. You can just be like, "It's a very like, it's a very rare award. Very few people have these, and I want it for this." And the on the deluxe pack, I've been leaving the certificates for what you won open, so you can put whatever it is. But they are signature numbered and signed. Well, like I I joke about like we we had Brody King on a few weeks ago, and we talked about with him where for my birthday. Uh, I bought myself a Brendan Fraser autographed mummy playset, just because. Oh my god! Because I'm like that sounds like the most ridiculous thing to have. Like first of all, like you you haven't visited our office yet here at the Pro Wrestling Tees place, but when you come, we gotta show it's you. Pretty it's pretty sweet. It's just it's like they let a 12 year old have like an adult budget to yeah. decorate their room, <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's what it is. And I'm like in my head. I want to have that kind of just like when you come in, you're like looking around, you're like, oh, nice, some Fungo Pops, some comic books, posters. Like, wh- what's that? And I'm like, oh, this is my Brendan Fraser autographed mummy playset. Because one, it's a mouthful to say, but yeah. also because that's just like a thing to look at. And it's then a when prestige you- piece. Well, two, like someone had to bring him this toy set to sign. Well, so the the company that does it, like I've, I've sort of become friends with them just based on how like – I reached out to them and was like, I think what you guys do, it's a, they're a props company. I'll, I'll shout them out. They're Lilu multi props. They just, they, you know, they'll get a celebrity, they'll get a Michael Keaton, a Kevin Smith and have them sign a bunch of, a a bunch of stuff. And then like you, you have your classic like figures, DVDs. Yeah. But when I saw that they offered that, I'm like, come on, nobody, nobody else has that. And according to them, you're the only one. I'm the only person that yeah. does, in fact, have that. But that's incredible. Once in a lifetime. Yeah. Exactly. But now, like next to that, I'm gonna put the Effie there because, like, I've had, like, I've had people come over and they're like, kind of just looking around at things and like, Ryan got uh, like a pro wrestling tees belt made for him. I think like all in or all out weekend. And people look at that and they're like, oh, that's cool. What's that? I'm like, oh, it's a custom belt that. Yeah. Uh, you know, we just, we got made and they're like, really for you? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Cause I, they don't know. I think he forgot we took it too. <laughs> I think well, yeah, it's, yeah. it's fine. It's ours now. <laughs> but like in my head, I'm like, I, now I want to have, and I'll send you a picture of like when I do, but like the Effie and the Brendan Fraser mummy set just next to each other. So that like when I have people come over and they're like, what is that? And be like, oh, you know, just earn myself an Effie. Um, and I needed to put it next to my Brendan Fraser because those are going to be like the two most yeah. like outlandish pieces of two, anything that you I could, own. You could always connect them too and say that you won the Effie for being the only owner of a Brendan Fraser <laughs> mummy oh, signed toy kit. It's just uh, it's two great tastes that taste great together. I'd be like, you know what's weird? I bought the, I bought the mummy playset. And then two to three weeks later, I got this Effie congratulating me on being the only person with How it. How did he know? Yeah, like, I was awarded. Yeah, I'm be like, Effie has to be some sort of like Undertaker wizard because he knew this. I didn't tell him. Yeah, that's let's bring magical powers back. Let's start the rumor that there's that I have magical powers. I really wanted to be a vampire. That's why I was so excited for Gangrel because I thought he would give me immortality, you know. But no, now I just have to be immortalized in in uh, bronze plastic, you know. See, funny enough, like I was going through my uh, time hop and. It, it came across like an old tweet. It was like a Twitter Facebook post of mine because you mentioned vampires and there's a connection between vampires and like 
uh, I used to t- I used to joke around with Nick's Matt Nick's when I first met him, where I was like, "Hey, you should let me wrestle for freelance as the freelance vampire." And the gimmick that I pitched to him was, whenever Alex Olsen would be wrestling in a match, I would come out like as a vampire, try to attack him and attack his opponent instead, and it would ultimately lead to a blow off match between me and Alex Olsen, in which I tried to decapitate him in the middle of the ring. Oh my god. Um, Blackcraft 2.0. Yeah, and obviously it never came to fruition, but like the fact that you mentioned like you wanted to be a vampire and that you got to like wrestle with Gink and Growl. Like I'm very much enjoying uh as you I believe you phrase it as you're running through the SmackDown like 06 mid card. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm this month alone, Jesus Christ. I'm wrestling Kurt Hawkins Saturday. I mean, Brian Myers. I'm so sorry. Uh, and then Tuesday, I just got thrown in a tag match with Zicky Dice against the Pope and Watts. And Watts is not a SmackDown mid-carder. Watts is a newer guy. But the Pope was like definitely on WWE CW for a minute on a Friday night. And then I've got to fight Rodney Mack after the collective. Oh. collective. And then I've got to fight Chris Masters and Carlito at the collective. It's a mess. Are these matches that like you're requesting, or it's just what you're being booked then? Dude, you ready for the hot take? <laughs> Let's go. Effie has no dream matches, and Effie is there to do the best possible job with what is given to Effie. And Effie will never request a match, but that doesn't mean people don't request matches with Effie. See, and that I I love that because like first off, like you're wrestling all these guys from when I started watching wrestling, you know? Yeah. Like to me, that is like a lot of people when they're like, "What's your dream match?" and you know, like The Rock versus Sean and all these other, like whatever. That that's cool. That's fine. But like, <laughs> I see you posting these matches, and I'm just like, oh, f-, like this if, is great. I'm like, am yeah. I somehow yeah. bo- like am I somehow booking these like without knowing like what's what did like did someone find an old well, and then even my friends who like left wrestling behind like will see these things pop up and they're sort of like wait a second you're <laughs> fighting that guy? i know yeah. who that guy is and you're just like yeah man they're like you're really a wrestler because you know everybody wants to go oh you're independent you must you must not do much or see much and it's like girl sit down just because you don't understand the complexities of my economic situation does not mean it is not grandiose well, we like even then we we talked about it a little bit before we started recording. Like you've been, you've been wrestling during the pandemic, and the last time we spoke, um, there was, you know, there was like that conversation of what's going to happen when when people start like putting on shows more mm-hmm. consistently, and like you've been one of the names that's been out there more. And you told us about like the litany of COVID tests that you've had to take. Um, like, are you are do you feel a little bit more relaxed now? with you know like everyone kind of taking more precautions or is it still are you still as nervous for this next show as you were like you know the first few shows it's less like nervous and more like i know the precautions that i'm going to take for myself now and i'm very vigilant about it and i'm very careful and i like i told you before like i think i had my 14th covid test you know last last or at the beginning of this week um i've had them all summer i get tested constantly i don't take my mask off when i'm at the shows people are like oh you got an entrance mask i'm like no girl i got a mask to where i can get in the ring and be spaced from everyone to wear before i get into my fight you know mm-hmm. we're we're a lot of us are making sure we're getting tested a lot of us are being really precautious a lot of us are wearing masks all the time and it's like we've shown that we haven't spiked a bunch of people's cases. We have the same people who have been coming to see us all summer and coming out to the shows. And we're trying to make sure, even though we're having to spend more on producing these shows, that we have something that is at least safe or trying to be safe in this time. And so, like, 
it's the extra it's the extra like vigilance of like it's not just oh here we go wrestling it's like i've got to take some steps to get to that 15 minute match some like real serious steps and i think it like it kind of sets you up to be a little more disciplined overall because you've got to watch out for everything i think also like as the fans can appreciate that as well because um you see some wrestlers online giving their shitty hot takes about how mm-hmm. COVID isn't real and the earth is flat and all sorts of uh, very shitty takes. But then you see someone like yourself who is very open about like, yeah, I'm, I'm taking my test. I'm wearing my mask. And like, again, I, like as a fan, I very much like, Oh, okay, cool. So I know if I'm going to a show, this person isn't going to put my health at risk because right. again, they're, as uh like as anal about it as i am which is a good thing especially right now with cases in some places you know they they go down a little bit and everyone's just like oh, okay it's back to normal it's the status quo and it's just like no no don't well and i think that's like what's really good about like i, I want to say like the current generation of wrestlers is there's always knocks on hey they're, they're not going out and partying and overdosing on cocaine and shit but like for the most part wrestlers now are, are a little bit smarter about one the business side but also they're not as carny and uh yeah they're taking care of themselves because like you see the wrestlers that came before you and then they're all beaten down and they have to wrestle till they're 80 and they just look like hell and now you know people are smarter about it now and it's good to see that yeah and i think it's like it goes back to like i think especially with covid and with speaking out stuff not to get too serious like i had to be vigilant on both sides which is not only for my health i had to be vigilant to make sure i wasn't getting covid going back into this world Mm -hmm. but we also had to like be vigilant about who we were around and who we were checking with and what we were doing and like making sure we're checking on female talent and people who are of a gender minority and people who are uh, of a smaller statue like checking in on people who may not feel safe and like having the vigilance on both sides to say we have to not only be medically safe now, but we have to make sure people are emotionally and physically safe in our vicinity and at our shows to try to regain some trust. So like, yeah, I left my job. I'm living this wild road lifestyle. I'm wrestling and streaming on Twitch and this and this, but now that this is my full-time gig and this is what I do, it's like, I take it very personally to make sure we have these safe shows and make sure everyone coming to the show feels okay. And everyone leaves feeling comfortable and nobody feels like they had to do anything they didn't want to do and make sure on both sides. And so like, yeah, it's more effort and more work, but I feel more focused and like kind of ready to take over than I ever have. And I, I kind of was wanted to be careful because I don't want to take this in the wrong direction, but like I need people to kind of understand like it financially impacts me when our business is shitty. Mm -hmm. Like this is at the base. It financially impacts me and a lot of other people when people in our business are shitty or when our business is doing the wrong thing. And so now as I've kind of woken my brain up and sort of figured out that like really nobody's in charge of this business. Everybody's throwing spaghetti at the wall. Nobody has good ratings. Nothing is good. Nobody's making the money they should be making. I've got blinders on since then. And if you don't exist in this world where I want to make safe wrestling and I want to feature queer and black and people of all cultures all around the world. And if you watch my Twitch show on Monday, like I feature every crazy type of wrestling you can imagine from every country, from every gender, from every type of person, because we have to celebrate that because we've been for so long holding these voices back. And so now it's not even like, oh, well, I may not want to say this. I can't work for this company. I may not want to say this. I can't work for them. Or, oh, he's in charge over here. It's if you're not with us 
in the in the fight for positive towards this, then we will destroy you and we will financially make sure you can't exist in this space and we will continue calling out your shit. And it may not happen right away, but we will make sure you are taken care of because right now, if we're going to talk financially, we have to be reflective of the people that are out there and the people that are out there want progressive products where they feel safe, where they don't feel targeted for being a minority of any type, where they don't feel like they're showing up to something where they're going to be treated as a joke or treated poorly We've got to secure that. And I don't care what level you're at, if you're Vince McMahon, if you're Cody Rhodes, whoever you are, if there's stuff going on there that doesn't fit with a positive vision of our business and you're giving people a bad look at our business, I'll fuck you up because I don't have time to have our business financially besmirched by people doing this stuff any further. And it's not just my money. It's like me looking out for the people around me too, saying, guys, if all of us are good and if everything here is good, everything does well. But these one little shitheads are always going to be that asterisk on the thing you love and you've got to get them out now. I think that the fact that you have that mindset makes me happy because you look at a show like Effie's Big Gay Brunch, which again, it was, you know, it, it was the talk of the town for WrestleMania weekend and then COVID happened. And now that it is happening, like I see, I see a lot of people talking about it again on Twitter, which is like positive because at least to me, it shows that it wasn't just like, uh, oh, cool. If he's having a WrestleMania weekend show, let's all get behind it. Right. No, now it's like, okay, this is very much something we're looking forward to. And like, it, it's a thing. It's happening now. And like, what, what was it like? What was kind of like a thought process behind like, all right. We're gonna we're gonna try this again. Like, did you change much up from the like the original card that you had in your mind, or was it kind of easier to like, all right, we can kind of get the remnants of, of what the old card was supposed to be and kind of try and put it on again? I think when I was doing the old card, I was really trying to do like a, a an all over encompassing wrestling card and trying to fit in that sort of world. And I think I've kind of like this time, whether it be that I'm like more stressed out or doing more or like don't have the time to overthink it. I was going over the matches with somebody earlier and like every match to me, like kind of had a story of why I put it there. And mm-hmm. to me, that's the easiest booking you do. And it's like when everything just kind of makes sense of like, no, the, this is why this has to go together. And whether I have to argue it or not or argue, you know, does this have enough juice? Is this going to work? It's like, no, I know this is going to work. And I'm, I've gotten to the point where I don't question myself anymore. And it's not that like I'm so overconfident, but I'm sort of like in a place where it's like, hey, man, it's worked this far. You kind of trusting your gut. So like maybe just fucking trust your gut. And so putting it together this time, not only do we have to make some changes because people can't make it, you know, like Ariane Andrew Cameron is at AEW now. Things are a little different. We've changed the card around a little bit, but I think we ended up with a better card out of it. And I think people are going to see kind of a more personal card and something that it, it sucks to say it this way. I think a lot of people will watch the show and a lot of people will come to the show, but I think it will also be looked back at and bring more people in after the fact that it's happened because that's the way news sort of travels. And once we get clips out to people and it can be sort of seen by the world and they can see that this world exists in pro wrestling that is so wild and crazy and may fit more with their beliefs and ideals, I think we'll be able to pull more people in that way. And so it's sort of, it's a little frustrating to not have the full distribution and views that I, that I, believe in my heart we all deserve on this card but i think looking at it it's such a huge step that we're taking and it's going to be so entertaining and so crazy and so fun but politically within wrestling it's such a big step to take that i think we'll look back on it and be like yo we really we did something cool here and we took care of the right people and we gave the people a show they would remember that maybe they didn't expect fully i think it helps that you've got like such a loyal fan base because i like I can already tell, like I haven't seen the show, but I can already tell there's gonna be a lot of people like tweeting about it, mm-hmm. posting gifts or, or clips, and that is like 
what helps a lot of the time because with as much wrestling as there is out there, you can't watch it all. You know, like I'm, right. But look at look at that. You said that trust word of like, there's people have that trust in us. I don't know if you said it exactly or not. Mm-hmm. And people have a trust in GCW. People have a trust in freelance wrestling. And it's because when when the times are wrong and you got to do the you know tough stuff, you can do it. But when it comes down to when it comes down to putting stuff out and putting shows on, um, we've done it time and time again. You don't get trust overnight from your fans. You don't get trust over one T-shirt. You don't get trust over one show. But when people come back to you over and over, it's because you've provided a quality product. And I do have that trust with people. And it's because like they see I'm putting in effort. And I had that conversation with Ethan Page. He says, when the people can see your effort and see what you're doing forward, even if things are not perfect, it's going to go better than if you hadn't put any effort in at all. And people feel that effort. And people who are a little bit underrepresented and underutilized in the business also have a chance to show off for people that are underrepresented in the whole world. And we can kind of finally make that connection. There's a lot of people who are going to be seeing new superstars for the first time. There's a lot of weird matchups. There's a lot of, you know, clash of styles. And it's going to be an opportunity for us to kind of say, hey, we're we're going to set the new guard of, of the indies. You know, we're going to show you that we've been here the whole time and we're finally on the big stage with you. You mentioned that trust. And I that is like a very big thing because I like I do fully believe like believe that. Like uh, my buddy Wei Ting from Post Wrestling, like he uh, he reviews uh, Monday Night Raw and he talks about like that loss of trust that you have because mm-hmm. they can next Monday night they can announce the the how biggest they, match. How are they gonna fuck it up? Next yeah, week? they can yeah. say John Cena versus Roman Reigns next week on yeah. Monday, and all three of us know a hundred percent there is no way that it is it. They're it gonna just, swindle you. Yeah, that they're not gonna swindle you. Yeah, because it's gonna happen. They've been doing it for the last umpteenth years and they're just they're gonna keep doing it but you don't have that you know like you mentioned the companies like gcw freelance mm-hmm. like because you have cultivated that trust like back when freelance was still putting on shows dave and i for like we never asked nick like oh what what matches are you putting on or anything we would we just show was, up it was gonna be a good show. yeah you just show up and it was always enjoyable you know like maybe not every single match was the match you were there to see but again they've I, you have that trust in them like hey even if this isn't the match that um you went there to specifically see you're at least going to leave and be like oh okay that was decent or that wasn't my thing but it, you don't have to worry about like some sort of shit finish where you're like what the fuck did i just invest these right. last 10 to 15 minutes in and yeah like it's it very much goes like a long way and i think that like non-internet wrestling fans kind of don't understand that because mm-hmm. like gcw what like it's been around by what four five years now yeah like prior to that like it was pwg was the big show or ring of honor was the big shows but like now you don't see those companies putting on like these giant shows uh like the the big pay-per-view weekends it's your gcw and all those shows well and that's to me like that's the big difference between a show like the big gay brunch and like uh like a saudi arabia show for the wwe like there there's passion there's representation um, everything about the show is built around the best parts of wrestling, right? Whereas if you tune in to say, you know, like the Saudi Arabia show for a company we won't really mention, but like it's a soulless cash grab. It puts people in danger. You know what I mean? And it's all for the sake of, well, these guys are giving us money. We have to put on a show. And yeah, well, I mean, and, and there's people that don't know the to, difference. There's a, there's something else that I think you're hitting on a little bit, which is, when I think about how the WWE would book a Saudi show, take everything out of it, all the morality out mm-hmm. of it, 
it's the sheet going, I want to see Yokozuna. And they go, get the closest thing to Yokozuna. And then they go, well, we want to see this person. We want to see right. them get this person out of retirement. And it's they're just saying, okay, exactly what you want here. That's what you want. You get what you want. It's exactly what you ordered. And with my audience coming in, they're sort of coming in for the chef special. I've told you what's going to be on the menu. Right. I've told you what the ingredients are. But you're coming to sit down to my meal and to have patrons that come to your restaurant like that where they're not just ordering a Big Mac at McDonald's and right. you're putting it on their plate. And you're saying, you've got to have a little trust in the artistry of the chef tonight but I promise you this meal is going to be worth it. Those are the restaurants that end up getting the good reviews, not just the ones that shit out the chicken tenders because that's what you asked for because it's the only thing you know. Now I'm going to get to put new dishes in front of your face and you go, you know what? I probably would have never picked this up or tried this, but I trust him because I've seen what what he's done so far and this was fantastic. I'm glad I ate it. Well, and, and how many people have sat down with their families and said, oh, remember that, that time we sat around and we opened that bag up full of the double quarter pounders and we just had a real intimate time? <laughs> like, that never yeah. happens because it, it's garbage, right? It's it's garbage in, garbage out. And um, I think that's the main difference that people see with you when um, they're putting their trust in you to watch this show. They, they know you're not just feeding them garbage and... Uh, you care about it, and you are the chef, like you said. Yeah, yeah, but you know these ingredients still have to speak for themselves. Yeah, and I mean, I've got, I've got like some soup. It's so lucky for me that I get to slap my name on the front of this show because I have so many good wrestlers that I've gotten to book now, and it's like I get to put together my dream show, and it's also like successful for me too. It's, it's incredible that they're working as a team, but it's good I could put the umbrella on it to make it happen. The last time that we spoke, and one of the things was. Um, like us bringing up seeing you here like at freelance shows and mm-hmm. what I think my favorite part of, that's going to be about that night is that not only are you going to you know be at the big gay brunch but you're also going to be defending like the legacy belt I just I know by the the end of the night like you know this freelance show is at midnight on Saturday my schedule yeah. as is listed is my show's at 11 which means I'll probably be at the venue at like 7 so my show's at 11 then I have glory pro at 3 and then I think I'm doing something on spring break at 7 but I have no idea and then at midnight so you know a full 13 hours after my show I'm gonna fight Robert Ego Anthony Egotistico Fantastico <laughs> with Frank the fucking clown at midnight after this whole day of suffering, like obviously he's got a little bit of an advantage, but having that freelance buyback and I know it's in Indiana. I know it's not in Logan square. I know it's not in Chicago, but like, you know, it's a vibe and I think people can bring that vibe. And I think we're going to have such a fun time. I think that that was the, the thing that I wanted to bring up that the one, the one thing about the freelance shows that it's going on late, mm-hmm. you know, you mentioned it's like from 12 to like three. Um, yeah. And even with that, like that's not a thing that I like. I think Joe Joe Janelle's spring break would typically go on like really late during those weekends. But like with freelance having that spot, like it's I, pretty rock and roll. Yeah, it's pretty rock and <laughs> yeah. roll because you mentioned it, there is a specific vibe to being there live at the Logan Square Auditorium because there is very much that like punk rock yeah, feeling. But underground, yeah, to be putting on a show that late, that's. I mean, I'm I'm pretty much looking forward to that. Um, and I think it's great because people will be just kind of delusional and out yeah. of it and ready to party. And it's the last thing of the day and you made it. And, and it's like, let let's loose. get it all out. Yeah. Uh, we, keep, we keep talking about shows. Uh, one of the things that people love like about the interviews that we've done with you is the fact that we're like all three of us are really passionate about like the movies and TV shows that we watch. Uh, you mentioned the show that you were watching prior to us hitting record. Um is like what was it like the Dutch um Dutch oh, drag, drag race, race yeah. which Dutch. is RuPaul's drag race with only Dutch people. Is and that so, on Netflix? 
It is on only the WoW Presents Plus app, <laughs> which is a a gay media app, of course. And it comes on weekly. It's just like the RuPaul's Drag Race you've watched with the competitions mm-hmm. and the outfits and everything. But it's in Dutch. And all these people are Dutch. And Dutch people are so wild. Yeah. And they talk like Sims almost. Like there's certain words that are very English. And then there's other words where you're just like, did you just say like Hubgla Bing Bong? And then say... <laughs> eat a salad hugla bing bong eat a salad and that's like how it sounds the whole time and it is it is a mind-numbing experience but it is so good and so gay and you know to me like dragon wrestling are sisters yeah and it's it's so fun to watch their versions of kayfabe and their whole world in there but especially when it's in a foreign tense and you have no idea what's going on have you watched Eurovision at all? Because uh, the, the one with Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams that came I out? Did. I oh, did. It's very so, that. And it's so very good. that confusing, like, this is clearly tacky, but I think the Dutch are into it kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But, like, we can't speak. We're, we're in America right now, and we fuck the whole world. We can't make fun of silly <laughs> outfits. What's also, like, language, and like, oftentimes you realize, like, I'm, I'm bilingual, so sometimes you, like, how do you say this in English or how do you say that in Spanish? And oftentimes it's like, Oh yeah. It is, like, why do we say it like that in America? But when you hear uh, like a lot of those, uh, like it's like the Swedes and Iceland and like Dutch, like a lot of that. Language, yeah. Cause Dave, Dave was in love with Eurovision oh, and he, I've watched it like eight times. He told me about, I it. loved, I thought it was hilarious. It's yeah. so ridiculous. See, like I watched it. Like I, I had on a date brought her over. We, she was like, Oh, let's watch this. I love Rachel McAdams. I was like, all right, cool, let's watch. I'm like, I know Dave's been talking about it. At the very least, like, it'll be tolerable it because yeah. Rachel McAdams and Will Ferrell are usually pretty good in most of the things they're in. And I I loved it. Like, there was that, like, very uh, subtle, uh, not subtle, like, the, the Russian character who was like, yeah, they're like, oh, like, are you gay? And he's like, no, Russia doesn't have any gay people. <laughs> and like, I had to like, and I had to explain to her where I'm like, but that's a very real thing for yeah, a lot of people. That was the thing. I had to explain to her. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm like, in Russia, like, I'm like, I, I believe they like kill people for like, yeah, yeah, being gay. Well, it's it, uh, there's problems over there, and in and the Chechen regions too. There's a whole lot of problems. So yeah, that's a it's a dark joke, but it's a good one if you catch it. Yeah, well, and that's the thing too. Like, we've made some progress in America, and clearly we have way farther to go. But like, just to to hear that and be like, oh wow, that's that's really shitty. But then like that was America not too long ago for a lot of people, you know, especially in different regions. Well, so well, like I'm currently. Uh, Effie, do you watch Fargo at all? I have. N- I've watched the first season of Fargo, and then I fell off. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know why. Well, this current. Yeah, you should definitely pick it. It's pretty good. <laughs> it, it gets. It gets better. I mean, I, I really like that first season, but the other ones, it's cool. It's like an anthology almost. But uh, in this current season, it just started. There's like two episodes. Uh, it's like the Kansas city mob. And it shows you how it's like, Oh, at first the Jewish people were the ones who, who ran everything. And then the Irish came and then the Irish people were in charge of everything. And then the Italians came and now it's like, the, uh, it's like, Oh, the black people are trying to take over the Italians. But, and you see how it, it, like in that specific town, there's like a, cause Chris Rock, he, he's like the main lead. He's talking, mm-hmm. he's the head of like the, the black mob and he's talking to the head of the Italian mob. And he's just like, dude, he's like, like, you got to realize like we got to come together because all those signs say like no black people and no Italians. And 
like I've talked to some people and they're like again it's very much like oh wait that was a thing and I'm like mm-hmm. yes like very much so like there's there's a large portion of like the population that don't understand that like America didn't sort of just become racist overnight it's like oh no yeah no. it's always been bubbling under there man like they've it's always, always mutating well they've always found like a group mm-hmm. they, there's always like a group of people they find to like all right, all right, we're done being, you know, angry at these people. Now now we all hate, you know, the Japanese and we're going to put them in these internment camps and yeah, it's and it's I mean it's weird. And, and racism like is not just an American problem cuz like I'll just tell, like my mom who's Korean was super racist about almost everyone and it was all, it was like very cringeworthy. Like even like Chinese and Japanese people because you know, they had a very adversarial thing but like you're like they hate you the same. You realize, yeah, right? exactly. It's the just, white people don't care of your little differences here. Yeah, so it racism's just bad. Yeah, I mean, that's I, my hot take. I, yeah, racism's <laughs> bad. That's my hot take. No, I mean, same thing with me. Like I always say, like you know who really fucking hates Mexicans? Mexicans. Yeah. Like you know, there's very much like oh, well, you're you're not dark enough. You know, your skin's not dark enough mm-hmm. to be real Mexican. And there's like, no, 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 their skin's too dark. They're not real Mexican. Mm-hmm. It's just like, what? Like, what is this? I don't know. It's always very weird for me. Like, I, I, yeah, I, well, why fight amongst each other? Yeah. Why not just let's all be friends? Like, it was. Very, I was. No, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just going to say, uh, talking kind of about Mexico, I've gotten to talk to Cassandra a lot. Mm-hmm. And getting to talk to Cassandra, Cassandra was like, yeah, you know, we used to deal with a lot of tough stuff. And I'm thinking, like, oh, it must be stuff I dealt with. Like, you know, people use a slur against you or people are mean to you or whatever. And he's like, they used to throw batteries at me. They used Mm -hmm. to throw rocks at me. They used to chase me out of the venue. They used to come at me with knives because of who I was. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, yeah, we can talk about, oh, like, how hard is it to overcome? And Cassandra's just like, no, fuck it. You can throw batteries at me. I'm still going to be a flamboyant Mm -hmm. fucking Exotico legend and not deal with your shit. Like, very nonchalant discussing it now, but I'm sure it was, you know, crazy and extremely difficult at the time. Oh, no, I can very much confirm, like... It's it's weird, like growing up and learning that like Mex like Mexican Hispanic culture really is like it's like that because again my parents like weren't like that at all. They were, you know, even with like the what religion or what skin color my friends were. There was never like a, oh you can't be friends with mm-hmm. the, with the Indian kids. Nothing like n- never anything like that or even like yeah know, like one of my my cousin Mikey was as gay as a day is long. You know like. Very it's clearly. a long day. Baby. It's a very yeah. You know, like there was like even before I knew what like gay meant. Like clearly, Mikey was different than the rest of us. But never like in our family was ever like a thing. Like oh, you know, making Don't fun talk of him. To him. Yeah, it was just like a thing that we all kind of just accepted. And then kind of like growing up more, you know, as you get older, you're just like oh wait, like not everyone is just like accepting of this. Like yeah, that, like that's fucked up. Like why? And it's like well because it's it's wrong. It's like, oh, uh, all right, but why is it wrong? Well, and for, for me, like, seeing my daughter in school, you know, she's, uh, what grade is she now? Like, eighth grade? Mm-hmm. And she's she's got a bunch of trans friends, a bunch of gay friends. And, like, I remember as, you know, as early as me being in high school, like, we were still using slurs like that openly. Everyone was just freely, and it was, it was a really hard time to be a gay person, back when I was there. So it's, it's nice to see the progress that we've made, but you know, yeah. And it's sort of, that's why I sort of like not to tie this too quickly back to wrestling, but that's why I'm sort of like looking at the old guard and going like, mm-hmm. 
you know what? Like you guys have had your time. You clearly got to wrestling to, you know, where it is and sort of stagnated and that's good. But now if you want to be successful, you have to follow what the people are doing Mm -hmm. and people are more open-minded. The kids who are coming up watching TV are not, they don't think about this stuff in the same way that you did when you were a child. They're open to so much more. There's so much more freedom in the world. And like wrestling is allowed to reflect that and not just keep doing the same tropes mm-hmm. it's been doing since 1975. Like I can find a chief strongbow finish that's probably been used on weekly television within the last two months. It's not, they're not giving us anything new or exciting a lot of the time. And it's difficult because there's so much new and exciting stuff out there that, they're not opening their worldview up to enough that would really benefit the whole business because it would just continue to put eyes on something that doesn't have enough eyes on it. It's, it's just, you mentioned like the old guard with wrestling. And I think it's like that with like a lot of people just that don't like change, Mm -hmm. you know, like I, I'm one thing like I'm really passionate about or like the Marvel movies that come out. And there's so many people that just get upset that like, they want to incorporate people of color. Yeah. Or, that guy's not black. Or women. Yeah. Or just like again, things where it's like, what is it? They're not saying, hey, if it's all if it's cool with everyone, there's no more uh Thor, Iron Man, Captain America. From now on, it's all just like minorities and women. Like nobody is saying that. You know, Kevin Feige has not right. come out and said that. What they've said is like, hey, for this next chapter of these films that these people have grown up with, we want to incorporate, you know, women. Uh, people of color, people of like different, like just, they just want to, well, and you hear the argument though, cause the argument isn't, we don't want you, you know, we don't want um, you to change these things. It's, it's, we don't want it ever. Like mm-hmm. you can't just have one show or one movie that's different than the rest. It, it, it's all or nothing with them. And that's so crazy to me because what they need to be told is it's not for you. Mm-hmm. And that's what needs to be told everywhere because it's okay to be a little exclusive in your inclusion. If it leaves people out who are, not going to be positive. I think that's okay. I think if you're saying, here's the product we're putting out, it's inclusive of all these things and we are going to have diversity. And they say that frustrates me. You go, good. We do not need you. And you are not for us. It's okay to fire customers. If it's for the betterment of, you know, what you're doing and trying to put out a more positive vision. If Marvel is trying to incorporate more diversity because they see their audiences, they wouldn't do it if they didn't see the statistics, their audiences are not all white men anymore. Their audiences are very diverse. We should be reflective of that. They know that because they want to make money. And that's fine because it gives us the voice now. If that's the the bend is that they get to make some money by showing us off, well, good. We're worth money and we should make some of it too. Let's pass that money on to the stars who are diverse, who are of other races, and give them the chance. You know, Just because Superman was a white man in the 50s, hell, maybe we should have asked why he was a white man in the 50s before just saying that's what he has to be. Who decided that's how, how he has to be? Oh, the white man who made him well good well is he dead because i think we should rethink this one if we're going to do the 400th superman movie maybe we should rethink this one well and who who wants a bigot for a customer anyways because like if you just look at it financially they'll always find something that you've done that's slightly progressive that's just gonna burn their ass up and oh i'm gonna complain who wants that like you want the people on your screen to represent the people that are looking at the screen you know what i mean you know, so yeah, speaking of these reviews, I can speak a little more openly about this now because I've left my my job completely. <laughs> um, I ran a moving company for almost eight years, you know, was in charge of this company, had 12 trucks, had a lot of employees. And 
we had bad customers all the time. People who are disgusting, who flip it on you, who say you stole stuff, who say you messed up stuff, try to blame everything on you. And what I figured out is certain negative reviews of things are very positive for your product because the consumer nowadays is a lot smarter than they were even two or three years ago. And when you see reviews, you can read right away if somebody's crazy as shit. And sometimes it's wonderful to just let people make that decision on their own. Mm -hmm. And so when these guys are out here yelling about Marvel should be white and this and this, and I'll never support it again. Well, bravo, because we didn't need you. And I tell everyone else, too, why you're leaving. Can you say that again while you're leaving? Yeah. Oh, uh, I think you should be white. That's your – okay. I just wanted to make sure everybody heard that reason because that's why he's leaving. Does anybody want him here? No. Okay. Well, good, good luck. And that's sort of the mindset of like, yeah, you think your negativity holds power. But in reality, nobody wanted to be a part of whatever that little world you wanted was anyway. So good luck. Take it yeah. on the road. Make your own movie. Go make a fan film, brother. You've got the right ideas. You clearly know what works. Yeah, make it better. I think what I love, yeah. like what I love about like working where we are, is that like our boss is very much like like not afraid to you know like if there's some sort of crazy customer like that, it's very much just like okay, that's fine. Like go go on Twitter and tell everyone how uh, terrible of a company we are because you bought something one day ago and you're you know. Like we have paperwork that says you purchased this yesterday, but you're claiming you haven't received it in a month and that where it's terrible customer service. Like it, it's very yeah. easy these days to, like you mentioned, weed out the crazy ones and like, well, it's good. Yeah. And that was the thing, you know, within our corporate structure, they were always like, well, we have to try to get the reviews removed or we have to like respond. So I was like, no, I was like, people with common sense will read this and go, man, sorry. They had to deal with that crazy person. Well, That's insane. That that reminds me of we had a store, I think it was on Shirtsicle, or maybe it was Pro Wrestling Tees. And then, so like what happens is, like you've done the process, you upload your art and then it gets put on a mock and then it gets yeah. thrown on your store. Um, but like sometimes we're not checking all the art for everything that's being said. And like this one guy was putting up some fairly anti-Semitic stuff on his store. And then oh, we, we, we saw it and then Ryan shut his store down. And this guy, I guess he had a group of people that were wanting to buy all this anti-Semitic stuff he posted. And then he goes, hey, Ryan, he tagged him on Twitter. Hey, Ryan, how come uh, my store is not working? My, my links are all down. He says, because you hate Jews. <laughs> you hate Jewish people. So we <laughs> took your store down, you bigot. And it's like, yeah, call him out on that shit. Yeah, what'd you expect? Yeah. The world needs to know now. If you want to be that publicly, let's say it out loud. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned uh, earlier when we were talking about like the movies, like, you know, sometimes things aren't for everyone and that's okay. Matt Nix for the longest was telling me he's like watch Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey forever he he kept putting it over his his girlfriend loves it he loved it and I was just like you know what I'm like honestly I'm like I just I really I really don't think that it's my thing and then you you know talking with Brody King he was like no you, you should just give it a chance I think you'll really like it so I finally sat down and I watched it and the conclusion that I came to was like oh okay it was a fun movie not my thing like I, I watched it the one time and enjoyed it but like clearly like i'm not like a, a teenage girl who like it, this movie was made for like i can very much see where it's like oh yeah there's not there's no like over sexualization of anyone yeah there's cool action scenes like it's, it's a pretty simple story to follow and it, you know like it's fine if every boy like every teenage boy doesn't want to see that that's fine because it's not for them exactly it's yeah. not for them like i can only imagine the number of times my sister who a, a year younger than me had to sit through these like very male centric movies where i'm just like isn't this the coolest thing and she's probably just like yeah like, yeah dude like no girl wants to watch the hunt for red october but that movie rules yeah 
And that's okay. I don't, their opinion is not wrong. Right. I get it, you know. But could, could you imagine an army of girls that saw it then going and trying to influence someone making Hunt for Red October 2 by saying, we hate this movie and it shouldn't belong. It's not for you. Like, leave it alone, you know? <laughs> leave it alone. Yeah. Well, you know, no, no shade to Matt Nixon and his lovely girlfriend, but um, <laughs> I thought that movie was exclusively for homosexuals. <laughs> really? Ewan McGregor, Harley Quinn doing R-rated stuff, s- stupid storylines about bagels. That was that was a homosexual film in my view. I haven't seen it, so. Well, you'll have to make now that decision I, on your own. Maybe it's for look. teen girls. Maybe it's for 28-year-old gay men. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, we talked about it, uh, I think, I don't even remember when, but Tenet. When we, or, you know, I was at the Bad Investment last time where like theaters were still kind of like wary about opening up. I know I've twice gone to the movies i've made sure that it's either like a very early or very late show so just nobody else is there and again still like keep my mask on um one is was for uh the last x new mutants that came out i don't know if you saw Mm -hmm. that but the other one was tenet and i know we talked about tenet and you wanting to watch it Have, have you gotten the chance to see it Okay, so this is the this is the true facts. I have felt safer going to the movies mm-hmm. in the pandemic than I did beforehand. Right. I wear my mask the whole time. There were six people the first time I saw Tenet in mm-hmm. an IMAX theater. In a full Atlanta IMAX, six of us. We were so far from each other. I mean, buildings away from each <laughs> other. And so then I was like, well, I'm not doing anything today. And I really want to see it again. And I saw it again, and I was the only one there. And then... I saw it again, and there were two of us in an old-timey theater, and the only reason I saw it a third time is because it was in 70-millimeter film projected straight to that screen at the historic Plaza Theater, and two of us sat in there and watched it on 70-millimeter, and I love it. And people come to me and they go, I think it's so stupid, cheesy, whatever, back and forth. No way, dude. There's so much detail in there, and you have to pay the fuck attention to that movie, and everything makes sense. And spoiler alert, go ahead and fast forward 30 seconds. Spoiler alert. Wait, I, can I say this here? Should I not no, spoil go this? Ahead. Here? Go ahead. You, you can do anything you want. Robert Pattinson is her son, right? That's what I thought. Yeah, so I very much like. There's there's part about the, Dave. You haven't seen it, but it's but okay. I like spoilers. There's yeah, listen. We're getting into spoiler talk, so I don't know. Maybe I'll put in the thing the timestamps. Yeah, put spoilers. But I have two for you that fucked my brain up. These are the two. Okay, okay one is obviously he's the son he meets him later in his life mm-hmm. he teaches him and then he goes back in time to help him get everything done by you know he's stuck in the loop he has to complete the loop to exist mm-hmm. and so he knows he has to do it and but then i also think that our protagonist uh mr washington mm-hmm. who is incredible in this film there's a few scenes where i think they are interacting with the future john david washington rather than the protagonist in the present and I think he's sort of hopping back in time to make sure things are going okay and sitting in for himself when he knew he would be other places. And I think we're interacting with two versions. For the most part, I think we interact with that. Our present stays with the protagonist present for the most time. But I think there's a few scenes where the where the protagonist who is given to us is not necessarily in the same time as the one we are seeing on the screen. And it fucked everything up even more for me. And I didn't hit that moment until the third time I saw it because I could really get into some deets. At which point do you think it's future one? Because I, I, I can very much see that. Like, there's there's some things that are sort of, like, easily given away. Like, at least to me, the, first, the I've only seen it the one time. But immediately when... So, 
Oh, you, no, no, go, you go first. You go well, first. I was going to say, I was like, immediately figured out when Robert Pattinson is fighting the, the one-armed guard, takes off his mask, and you don't see his face, and he just lets him go. I'm like, okay. I'm like, that's a hundred. That's the protagonist. That's the protagonist sure. not showing you. And then later on when it happens, it's, you know. But where do, where do you think it's the future version? So there's two instances and there's one where I think Robert Pattinson, and this is me totally overthinking this film hundred mm-hmm. percent, but this is where I'm at and I'm in COVID and this is what I watch. There's one scene where they're on the boat together where they're like heading back in time to do the mission to like, Hey, we have to go back in time two weeks to do this mission where they're on the boat. And the woman is worried about something. And she's like, that's the most important thing to me or something along those lines. And John, John looks over at Robert Pattinson in this weird, like, does he know that I know, or is that like, is he paying attention moment? And then the second one is the secondary meeting with Priya when they're walking around on that, like big open area Mm -hmm. in, in, uh, Sweden. Is it in Sweden or Finland? Uh, Oslo, Finland. uh, Yeah. Finland. It's like some sort of like museum or something. Yeah. Where there were the second time where he's kind of like filling her in on all their plans. Mm -hmm. I think, I think in both of those instances, it's future protagonist checking in to make sure his shit is working, which clearly it is because he exists, but it's like a, it's like a falter. And I might be reading too, way too deep into this, but I've seen it three times. So that's like six, that's seven hours, seven and a half (laughs) hours. I've watched this film. See, I, but that's the best though with Nolan films. Cause like, I love it. I did that with, I've done that with like inception. Like I know a lot of people give inception a lot of shit, inception's great but like i yeah and that's how i was like literally you describing it i saw it like four times in theaters literally like the week that it was yeah. coming out i had the pre-order coming and i was just like i'm i should just go where you watching theaters anyway but okay i could well do- and i always think theaters are the best way for me to watch a film in my opinion and in many people's opinions mm-hmm. and movies are only going to be in theaters so long so mm-hmm. if i want to see it in this largest format with the best sound around me i need to do it while it's here which is like I saw Midsummer like three times last year. I saw Hereditary like four times in theater. Like there's certain movies I'll just go watch and watch again because I want to pay attention to those details. Let's take this back to wrestling because on the surface, if you're dipshit Earl and you see one movie a year and you go see Inception, you're probably like, hell yeah, there were some explosions. I don't understand it, whatever, <laughs> which is probably your reaction to me. Something like, oh, he's the gay boy. I guess he did some moves. I don't know. And then if you want to get detailed, I'll give you all that backstory and I'll give you content for years and I'll let you figure it all out for yourself and i'll leave little easter eggs and spoilers and that's like the we have to pay attention like christopher nolan to our art and like some people don't like christopher nolan and that's their opinion but in our world like that too pays attention and writes stories that make sense and we want to reward our fans with that the fans who pay attention should be rewarded i very like i'm very much i I love that when even if it's with like small details like i recently like went through loving digimon again i don't know if you ever if you ever got into digimon if it was ever your thing maybe you're more of a pokemon kid um oh yeah pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh. we're still a real pokemon household here my boyfriend is a pokemon master i love that you said Yu-Gi-Oh because i'm like if oh god when you that's when, the other thing you when you finally really when you finally see this office i have like i have my Yu-Gi-Oh funko pop surrounding my like replica oh, yeah. my replica dual disc that i got for christmas oh god, i'm uh, I, let me finish the Digimon talk before we get yeah. into that. But like, <laughs> I've been rewatching that because they, uh, Toei, the, the animation company, they did like a series of like eight movies now. Just afterwards, it's like, hey, what happens after the TV show ended? And a lot of that was just if you've stuck around for all hundred episodes or whatever the fuck it was, like, 
we're gonna Here's we're gonna the good stuff. We're gonna pay things off. Like we're gonna, whether it's something like in your face about like oh remember this Re- remember this specific episode we're bringing this back, or whether it's just like little things where it's like oh wait they they did talk about that vaguely like in the movie or something, and like I think that's part of the reason why like Marvel movies have been so successful because. You have a you you know you watch a Winter Soldier where they they utter the words Doctor Stephen Strange, and again for those of us who know who that character is, you're like, oh, oh shit, he's in the world. You're like he's fucking coming. Or even like even in that same that same scene, they talk about like a mercenary in Egypt, and you're like, are they fucking talking about Moon Knight? Yeah, like that's even more deep cut. But they're opening it up. Yeah, exactly. they're they're paying it off to the people and saying, "Hey, we'll get there, man. Just like give us a second." But like, if you would would you say like dipshit Joe or whatever who only Which, seems- dipshit Earl? Yeah, dipshit, dipshit Earl. Earl's accent was the best. Oh, it's the, yeah, dude, that's a real the best. Dipshit Earl has to be <laughs> Pardon like my uh, dipshit Earl call. <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, but yeah, like it, it's that it's the little things they reward you with it, and it just it it it's the best because you mentioned like it. It shows that you didn't sit there for seven hours constantly rewatching this thing for nothing because, like, these directors do that purposely for yeah. you. I, I, when the uh, the Batman trailer came out, the the newest one, and there was like that code that they were like, oh, mm-hmm. the, you know, these guys spent so much time coming up with this code that no one is going to decipher. And they cracked it. The next fucking day, this trailer comes out. They're like, oh, here we cracked this code. This movie's not even. <laughs> this movie isn't even out yet. We already cracked the code. Yeah not even out in this year yeah. we've cracked your code no which like i don't know i don't know if that's if that makes it like harder or it's like no sure let's just give it to them because there are some how many times does a trailer come out and hours later they're like 57 things you missed in yeah in this two minute trailer well I, I think that's also why you're starting to see a lot of blockbusters like that work because it used to just be let's take someone's favorite thing and put them in black leather and then we'll get as much money as we can for the sequel. But like now you got nerds that care about it and they're like, oh, I'm, and you know, to take it back to wrestling, this is like, this is the care I'm putting into my product. I'm not just going to throw out a cash grab. And if you do it right, you get the cash anyways. Yeah. Yeah, of course. It's, it's okay to do good stuff. It's okay to make good art for money. Yeah. And be pure about it. It's allowed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so sort of just as we wind down here, I got you mentioned there's a Pokemon household, but you also mentioned Yu-Gi-Oh. So we'll we'll end on those two things because again, those are two things that I'm very passionate about. Like uh even if you see this giant playroom of, of an office that we've got, uh are you guys just playing the the newer Pokemon games or do you guys go back and play the older ones? Because like I've I, personally I've found there was like the one Hawaii themed one that I just like Oh my god. I couldn't get into it and I wound up just replaying like uh Ruby for like the hundredth time because <laughs> Ruby and Sapphire were like the first two games where like I went to GameStop as like a twelve year old and bought with my own money. So I was just like, I gotta get my fucking money's worth out of this and I've played it from beginning to end unlocked everything of uh, you know every pokemon i can get i've gotten but are you guys just more so with the newer ones or with the older ones well he's played every like all the pokemon games and like recently you know he got through pokemon eevee in like a day and then we had the other pokemon sword and shield but now 
I've figured out how to play Pokemon Go, and I travel so much that like I can get cool stuff, and I constantly am running into crazy stuff. So he's like made me his Pokemon Go confidant, <laughs> and we can do trade like secret trades and stuff. So our our secret couples Pokemon has made us even closer. And we go on walks and play Pokemon Go together. But I can go out of town and be like, look what I found in the airport. Got you a little Pokemon. <laughs> and it's sweet. That's adorable. Like, I live a very sedentary lifestyle. So Pokemon Go was never, like, <laughs> one that I got into. I was also just more into, like, the actual aspect of them fighting. Like, Pokemon, uh, was it, like, uh, the Pikachu, the one where you just take pictures of Pokemon? Pokemon Snap. Oh, yeah, Pokemon Snap, yeah. dude. That one was a My he- boyfriend's never played it. I remember because I was I was huge on Pokemon Stadium, like oh yeah, great game. Played that in the middle of the night all through middle oh, school, I think. The amount of times my parents rented that game, like they should have just bought it for me, because the again the amount of times you'd go to Blockbuster and be like, I just want to re-rent this. God, yeah. They probably spent the the same amount of money. You could have just bought. You it. know, if you if you look through my N sixty four games right now, there's a few that I would have to convince you I didn't steal from a Blockbuster because they still have property of Blockbuster on them. <laughs> I man, it's like I very much appreciate like going to actual like being able to like digital media. That's fine, but like I told Dave, like every other weekend I'll go to like a disc replay or a half price books because mm-hmm. I still enjoy the hunt of like finding random movies or like random video games and things like that. Like especially half price books, they have a lot of video games. Like I don't think that's everyone's go to for video games, but. They they just they have a lot of you them. should look. We still have video rental stores here in town, like vintage video rental stores in Atlanta. There is something special about like the Blockbuster experience. Like I remember yeah, half your date used to be walking the aisles. Yeah, I, I remember going with like my dad and I'm like, oh, let's get uh Ghostbusters two and it was just like oh I finally got it. You know, and and, and going yeah. home and um Getting you know, to look at all the bad covers and the, secretly, and the, yeah, and then you have to you have to watch it because then you got to give it back in like three days if it's a new movie. Mm-hmm. So like, um, there's something about that I think that's missing that like I can't really share with my daughter like that. Like, hey, let's go, let's go to Blockbuster. Let's go and pick it. one out. Yeah, because we can just yeah, get you it. You can't just hold her against a red box. Yeah, we we just uh, we just pluck movies out of thin air and and stream them, you know, on Hulu or whatever. But uh, dude, I had an ex girlfriend once who her we we described her sister. We were. 18 maybe 19 at the time her sister was seven uh so there's just like like 12 year age gap and we were describing going to a video store like a blockbuster yeah and she didn't believe us like we were like no 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 we're like emily you used to like netflix was a store before like you'd go in there and and we were explaining to her you get popcorn she like and one she got like oh good candy selection mm -hmm. too one she got furious with us as if like it was almost as if we were saying, "Hey, tomorrow we're going to fucking Jupiter on our flying fucking on our our." our she just thought board. it was make believe. Yeah, me. we're like we're we're taking our pod racer to Jupiter. Uh, do you want us to bring you back any souvenirs? You know, you li- like you lived in Oregon Trail or something. Exactly. <laughs> and she was just like, "What do you mean? That's not-? and to, uh, it is such like a weird concept to me that there is going to be like I think I'm like that last generation. Of, I mean, Effie too. I think we're about the same age. We're like that last generation of like kids that grew up with that, and I don't know. There is like I dude, I, my grand my grandchildren are not going to know what's what what brick stores are. Yeah, and same thing with that. Like I like going out to like actual like brick and mortar stores. Like it, it, trust me, the convenience of like at Amazon, it's it's I, hard to beat. 
it, it is hard to beat, you know, but I very much do enjoy like one of my favorite things that I won't get to do this Halloween is like going to all like the like mom and pop Halloween stores, not like the spirit. Halloween. Oh, yeah. I mean, spirit. Halloween's like the, are fun. the five and dime places mm-hmm. that like mm-hmm. throw the weird shit out. There's there's one over here in Chicago. Um, it's called uh, Fantasy Costumes. One of our one of our friends he he used to work there. This place, it like first off on the outside, you can tell it was like built. It, it, like they put up all the decorations in like the fifties, maybe the sixties. Like it's all those old style drawings and of all like Dracula and Frankenstein. But when you go in there, it's just it's old. And the one thing Vinny was telling me the other day, he's like. They don't. They don't have any sort of system to keep stock because they have things there from when they first opened that that like still is just never sold. Like any anything you need, you can go there, and it's like very small and like dingy. But that's that 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 adds to the charm of it. Yeah, of course, and that's that's the mystery of the haunting. It can't be haunted if it's not a little dirty. Yeah. You always find like an old dusty top hat in the back or something. Dude, it is just yeah. a, a bunch of like old random shit like that. And even like they don't like clearly when it was built, they didn't have uh, like dressing rooms. So like even now, like if you go try something on and like what is like their dressing rooms, it's clearly just like, oh, this used to be the staff break room and they just put up the curtains yeah. for you. Very makeshift. Um, but Effie, thank you so much for, for sitting down with us. Like we mentioned, it's we love having you on. We love talking to you. It, it sucks that we don't get to like see you at as, as many indie mm-hmm. shows as, as we used to. Um, I know, but soon we'll be back. The COVID cowboy rides on oh, the COVID cowboy. Yeah. Yes. We, we forgot to bring that up. Yet. Oh, by the way, it's okay, be- I'm bringing it up right now. I'm the COVID <laughs> cowboy. Before we let you go, when you were showing off these beautiful Effie awards, you also showed a really cool, gigantic cranium version of it where you look like Megamind. <laughs> Is there any plan on selling those? Because I saw that and I was like, that's the Effie Award I want. That's the one I should have really gone with. <laughs> that was just me fucking around with fake Photoshop on my phone. Oh, it was great. <laughs> saying, saying, how big can his head be if he makes statues of his own head? Yeah, no, it was amazing. It was a little too on the nose, <laughs> yeah. in my opinion. Oh, he's self-aware. Yeah. No, d- definitely, like... The 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 Effie point two point needs to be that one because yeah. I've seen how many people have like oh, I just want an Effie I want an Effie like I'm pretty sure if you put out that second one yeah. like listen I'll definitely well listen as I did with the perfume the goal here is to take myself out of the equation I'll put in the hard work up front and show you what can be and then you come in and handle the distribution that's that's the end goal here yeah. well and if you if you want to apply for your very own Effie Award. You could just go to bfe.com. Wait, be it was careful beefy. with that link. It's, don't go to beefy. Yeah, don't go to beefy. Beefy. There's you an could extra go to F. <laughs> yeah, but beefy, and then you you can apply with your dollars. You can then, apply with your bribes, <laughs> and then you could win. Or you can go out of your way, purchase a Brendan F- Fraser signed mummy playset, and Effie will know. Hope that Effie <laughs> catches wind. And then he'll send you one because you know when Brendan Fraser called me and he said, you know, he said there's a guy you know and he's he's the only one with the toy set. I signed it personally. I said I got to get the awards. You out. said you were like, shut the fuck up. I know Scrump. Are you are yeah, you kidding dude. me? Me and Scrump go way back. <laughs> Why didn't you just world. connect between us? Yeah. You know, it's people like whenever people ask like who's like your dream get for the show. Like before it was Kevin Smith, but then we, we got him. Yeah. Like we, we got him thirteen episodes. We got him thirteen episodes in. So I was just like, all right, that's the power of love. It's the power of love. God. And my my go to answer is always like it's now Brendan Fraser, 
or just like another episode with Effie because to me like they're both you know like you and Brendan Fraser both equal like celebrities. Well, what, what's funny is uh, <laughs> right before we came up to do the podcast, someone's like, "Hey, who are you interviewing?" And they're like Effie, and they're like Effie again. And it's like, yeah, we love Effie. Fuck off. <laughs> so. God, listen, I yeah. Sometimes I can be a little. Somebody was like, my whole Twitter feed is you, and I was like, well, then you should follow people who make more content, or they yeah. should keep up, girl. No, Sorry, I'm on the ball. Yeah, that's not your problem. That's a them problem. Yeah, y'all got to keep up with me. I don't have to. I don't have to <laughs> slow down for y'all. This ain't. This ain't a, a muting game. No, the, I, mean, I listen personally. I love like your Twitter feed, especially because like you like and retweet so much that like I find other cool like minded people. And it's people. fun. Listen to that. Yeah. See, that's the goal. Put other people over too. Yeah, and Makes it's your fun. Feed interesting. It's fun. It's light. There's none of that gloom and doom. And, you know, sometimes yeah. when you got to talk shit, you talk shit a little bit. Whatever. I talk a little shit. Yeah. I will talk some shit. But, you know, it's all in it's all in the, you know, it's the power of love, like you guys said. Yeah. Uh, Effie, part four is going to be fucking Yu-Gi-Oh centric because, like I said, I'm I'm literally right now staring at all my Yu-Gi-Oh merch and salivating. Oh, my God. It's, we're getting deep. This yeah. is too deep. Yeah, we're, we're definitely going to talk some of that. Uh, but for, for those of you who already aren't, uh, where can people find you online? Sorry, I'm swallowing a mango bun. <laughs> no, you're fine. Everything is Effie Lives, which includes Twitter, which includes Instagram. I'm on Facebook as well. I'm on Twitch all the time. On Monday nights, I watch wrestling at 8 p.m. Eastern, the same time as Monday Night Raw. But I have a show called Monday Not Raw, and that is on Twitch. We watch independent wrestling for three and a half hours. It's incredible. Uh, and buy my stuff, Pro Wrestling Tees, Effie Lives. And get an Effie Award, com. No, that's not beefy.com, is it? Two Fs. No, definitely not beefy. Don't go beefing. <laughs> Don't go beefing. All right, guys. Well, you heard it here. Uh, part four with Effie. Whenever it ha- Hopefully, it'll be in studio. Yeah. Because. Yeah, I need to. I, I'm missing Chicago so much. Oh, listen. And no, Chicago's missing it. you. Yeah, Chicago's missing you. <laughs> uh, the, the cowboy, the, the COVID cowboy rides off now, but he'll be back soon, you guys. Off safely into the sunset. Always wear protection. to the covid cowboy himself such a so good god if only you guys could have seen how like my face lighting up the minute he mentioned pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh, i was just like oh like really and, yeah and hey uh my effie actually has come in uh i'm going to record a whole video for it i'm gonna make it a whole event um my acceptance speech but super excited about it super excited to show you guys it actually has a little bit of weight to it it's a little heavier than i thought it would be yeah, mine might be on my desk when I get in. Yeah, um, so. I'm excited. I'm excited for you guys to see my Effie acceptance speech. Uh, another thing that I'm excited about uh, is our fall sale. Um, starting Wednesday, October 7th at noon Central Standard Time until October 10th, noon Central Standard Time. Uh, I've used the promo code FALL at Progressing Tees. That's 20% off everything, excluding charity tees. So if you guys want to go over there and pick up our newest uh halloween design like the wonderful people that did this week i gotta give them a big shout out because we of course appreciate everyone who purchases a t-shirt of ours um and that includes jesse kolenberg fucking love jesse listen jesse we're gonna get you on but i I promise jesse for those of you unaware very early on when we first started we were like hey if anyone buys all of our t-shirts you know we'll go ahead and get you on the show and this man has since then bought every single one of our t-shirts we're definitely yeah. gonna have him on uh big shout out to joshua davis as well always retweeting our stuff very much appreciated and then of course 
how can we forget about uh, the one and only Ryan Mears? Uh, Ryan, we love you, buddy. We love all you guys who support us. And if you want to, you know, support us as well by purchasing, I mean, not only our Halloween t-shirt, but we have a bunch of other wonderful designs of our pro wrestling tea store. Um, make sure that Wednesday at noon, you use the promo code fall and save 20% off everything. And Hey, listen, we still have some magnets. We still have pins and we still have some stickers. So if you purchase something, we'll go ahead and make sure and throw that in there uh, as a thank you. Yeah. Because listen, we very much appreciate all you, uh, wonderful people over there and um yeah it's a little thank you you know um yeah and, oh also speaking of our merch mm-hmm. i don't have anything planned yet but some of you guys that follow uh the pro wrestling tees account know that we got ourselves a new embroiderer and i slipped him our logo and i said let's digitize this so we can do some embroidery so i don't know if that means patches i don't know if that means uh track suits like the nightmare family i don't know but uh we're gonna come up with some sweet embroidered gear i hope maybe some hats who knows yeah some hats or some beanies i don't know i mean listen it's it's the wild west our boy hector's working on it yeah our our boy hector's working on it and i joked with him when i was like hey can i just bring you all of my clothing for you to embroider the pwt (laughs) cast logo on and he kind of like just laughed and i laughed and then like as i walked away i'm like yeah like as i walked away i'm like i I was kind of, I was serious about that though, uh, but yeah. Listen, we we are all just excited. We're we over here at the PWT guys are just excited to bring you guys uh, the things that you guys ask for because yeah. um, we we love we you know we love giving back to you guys. If it's not if it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't be here. Um, for another, sure. Yeah, another company, another source that just really loves you know. Uh, giving back to to those who dedicate a lot of their time to them uh, is WWE, and of what? course, yeah, uh, of course, I'm talking about them telling all their superstars who have worked so hard on their Twitch channels and cameos that uh, they now have to cough up profits to them. They have to hand over all that stuff to them and uh, say what you will about any of that. If any of you guys want to play devil's advocates and be like, oh well, um, listen, I fully get it. If um, if AJ Styles is advertising the AJ Styles um, Twitch channel or cameo, I, I, WWE does have some say in that. But if it's the Alan Jones Twitch channel or the Alan Jones cameo, like a lot of these wrestlers have been doing, you know, you have the Austin Creed stuff, the uh, Soraya Knight stuff. Like if it's that, completely different. And honestly, I think it's, completely I mean, disgusting I, and deplorable of wwe to you know to be doing that yeah, i mean i don't I didn't, I didn't even go as far as to say aj styles was aj styles before the wwe so if he wanted to do an aj styles game channel let him do it now now whether he signs his name rights over which by the way i think is a shitty thing like and you know democratic presidential candidate andrew yang has been really putting the screws to WWE publicly and just shaming them. But like, you know, these guys are independent contractors when it benefits the WWE. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, we don't want to provide health insurance, you know, shit like that. And listen, if you're Roman Reigns, they'll hook you up. They'll pay for everything. But if you're someone like Mia Yim, Mia Yim, if Mia Yim gets leukemia, they're not going to, they're not going to foot the bill for her. 
right? So as as long as you're an independent contractor, that's fine. There's benefits to that. You can go apply your trade in other fields, right? Except now, you know, uh, hey, you guys go outside, build your brand, and then as soon as you do, we're going to take it and then we're going to monetize it for us. And any profit you get will charge you against your downside guarantee. Horrible. And the fact that they take people and we're, we're a positive show. We try not to talk too much shit. Right. But like the fact that they take the talent that literally bleeds, sweats, cries, they miss their family. And then they say, Oh, we're going to own your name and anything you do outside of here, we're going to take. It's unfathomable that like, I can't believe the whole roster is that like, fuck you. What are you going to do about it? You know, they're not going to fire everybody. Like, CM Punk said, what are they going to do? Fire everyone if you all just say no? Mm-hmm. But, like, in these uncertain times, what are these wrestlers supposed to do? You know? Yeah, I mean, again, to me, it's just, it, it's very, it's very just fucked up. Like, yeah. very disgusting. Oh, and, and not only that, they're they're adding languages in the contracts saying that you have to do a Twitch channel. Really? There's people that, yeah, I I heard that they're saying uh, that that's going to be considered like appearances. You know what I mean? That now you you might have to have a Twitch or a cameo presence and then you sign over uh, your rights to the WWE. It's it's crazy. And people like um, Paige are saying, no, I built this. So we're going to see what happens with Paige. This is mine. This is my space. I built it to be a safe place for my fans. We'll see. And I, you know, at Pro Wrestling Tees, we've seen a lot of wrestlers that actually had their stores still open, not as their WWE working names, but as like their indie names. Mm-hmm. Furiously saying, please shut my channel down. I don't want to get in trouble. You know what I mean? So we, we would go and we'd say, okay, we're, we're de- deactivating everything. But like, what does any of this hurt? the WWE, which has had in this shitty year has had record profits still. And they're still pinching every penny and nickel out of these poor people. Like what the fuck? I mean, it's just the thing is they don't, you know, they don't care on to a more positive note. Um, yeah. Last week we had a return of uh, a fun segment here on the PWT cast in fan of the week. Uh, Cousin Jeremy was nice enough to send this over to <laughs> when uh, <laughs> last week. So, uh, without any further ado, you guys, let's go ahead and get into this week's Fan of the Week. Discrump and Stank, I'm riding today to be the Fan of the Week. Your services suck, my order is fucked. Place this morning, I'm free. I hope it keeps you awake. You ain't ever getting Omaha steaks. Sign your Fan of the Week. Have a nice day. Hello everybody, Cousin Jeremy here, bringing you another Fan of the Week this week. This week we have a message from Gordy, from Parts Unknown, and Gordy writes, Hello Maggie, it's not with a happy heart I'm writing this. This is really not a good service I'm getting from the company. It's been already 10 business days and I'm waiting for my order to be shipped and I feel I've been let aside and it's my first time ordering from you. Pandemia is not a reason to give a costumer a very shitty service and costumer experience purchasing from you. 
If the order is not shipped by Moday, I'll take action against Pro Wrestling Tee to get a refund and have my order shipped for free. There's absolutely no excuse in giving a first-time costumer and horrible service, like I'm getting from you. I'm really not happy at all right now to not say literally pissed off at you guys. It's maybe the very last time I'm ordering from your company. I don't accept any more excuses and bullshit from you. It doesn't matter the 7 to 10 printing when it can be done right away after the purchase. Canada Costumer Service Board told me that there's no excuse for giving a shitty service to a first-time costumer. Hope to see things moving by now and nothing else. I repeat, I am not happy at all. What you guys think I will say now to future costumers that want to buy from your company. Just think about it for one second and get a reality check. Pro Wrestling Tees. Wow. Alberto, I don't think Gordy's very happy, but back to you. Have a nice day. Thank you again to Cousin Jeremy for that. I felt I felt so bad sending him such a long fan of the week, but uh, he dunks it out of the park every time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like and as I told him, I was like, "Listen, for the last last week's one, he for the first one that he sent over, it was like three different takes. I was like, "God, I'm like he put so much effort." And clearly, into this one, he only did the one take, which again was fine. Like when he was like, "I only did the one," I was like, "Don't don't worry about it." Uh, but thank you again to everyone who's. Uh, who stuck around for this. Um, if this is your first episode, welcome friend of the show. You know, we, we welcome all new friends of the show. Go back and listen to some of the other episodes we've had. You know, we, we've had the likes of, uh, Colt Cabana, uh, Ethan page, more episodes with Effie, Kylie Ray, Sarah Shockey, Marty DeRosa, Brody King, Warhorse, um, Kevin Smith and Jason Muse. A lot of fun episodes as long as along with, uh, episodes of people here who work at pro wrestling tees there's the the famous jericho cruise one where uh dave and i prevent someone from falling off a boat uh, yeah. very fun episodes and then hey make sure if you already aren't go follow us on social media we're at pwtcast on instagram and twitter uh next week we'll bring you an episode with a uh, friend of the show andrew thompson andrew thompson is the he's the ace reporter over at post wrestling uh how the man has time to do anything but report it's beyond me because he, he is the goat. You know, he often calls uh, us the goat because, you know, the interviews we get. But the man runs a, a very awesome YouTube channel with, you know, such a diverse uh, group of people within the world of wrestling that he gets along with, again, doing these awesome, very detailed uh, written out reports over at Post Wrestling. So next week we'll have Andrew on finally. Um, who we, I wanted to get him all in weekend. He was supposed to come in for or all out weekend. He was supposed to come down to chicago for all that weekend but um the pandemic happened so obviously yeah. that wasn't able to happen but very excited um and hey next week we'll also we'll be able to talk about the season finale or, or the series season finale of the boys uh episode eight is upon us i'm very excited dave has has yet to see episode seven but um i'm watching it tonight yeah he's watching it as soon as we finish uh recording this so let, let's go ahead and let dave get to watching the boys because unfortunately you guys i've run out of things to say 
and I also have run out of things to say. All right, you guys. Well, uh, for the PWT cast, I've been Scrump. And this is Stank. And this is friend of the show, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega here, friend of the show. Unfortunately, we've run out of things to say. And so, well, we must bid you adieu. So, until next time at the PWT's cast, goodbye and good night. Bang. Bang.